on episode seven, we sit down with owner and operator Alex Du of AD Marketing to discuss the ins and outs of marketing and advertising in the athletic realm. We discuss the importance of social media and websites and talk about making an emotional connection with the content we are putting out there. Tommy continues his One Heartbeat Athletics previews, and some of us talk about our love for Chick-fil-A. Enjoy the episode, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Winning Way. And feel free to email us any suggestions and comments at thewinningwaypodcast at gmail.com. Now here is a quick word from this episode's sponsor. Hey, this is Alex Dew, owner of AD Marketing, a digital marketing agency that specializes in helping businesses small and large make an emotional connection with customers every day. We're here to get the job done with an experienced staff, targeted processes, and measurable results that will make your brand stand out amongst the rest. Call us today for a free quote at 904-718-4439 or visit our website at admarkjax.com. That's A-D-M-A-R-K-J-A-X.com. Thanks, enjoy the podcast, and God bless. All right, welcome back to the episode seven of the Winning Way podcast. Um, This is a big one, talking about marketing and advertising. Um, So I'm excited to dive in. We've got a guest with us today, but before we get there, I got my co-host with me. Tommy, how are you? Doing well, sir. Good to be here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we've got our guest with us today. Our guest is the owner and operator of AD Marketing, which is a marketing firm based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Alex Dew. Alex, how you doing, man? Hey, can't complain. Living the Florida life and uh, the sun's out, so we're doing good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are excited to have uh, Alex with us. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit about Alex and then kind of dive into some things on on how we can help with marketing and advertising for either an athletic department, a specific team, um, and coaches and athletic directors in general. And uh, I think this is something that lacks uh, a lot of times in, in our smaller school settings um, and then even in our uh, individual teams. Um, so I've got some things that, you know, we'll talk about. I know, Tommy, you've been at pretty much every level. Uh, so marketing is a big thing when you're at the college levels. Uh, and granted, you've got people that are doing it for you. So we're going to talk about, you know, the different scales and sizes of, of programs and, and marketing directors and, you know, the athletic director that ends up having to do all the marketing for this school and, and things like that. So, uh, Alex, first off, tell us how you got into this profession. Yeah, sure. So uh, right out of college, I uh, went to work for uh, Chick-fil-A uh, in the Jacksonville, which is North Florida area, and uh, was a marketing director in the area and then also uh, as time went by, began to um, serve on a few panels in Atlanta with Chick-fil-A Inc., uh, which is where headquarters is. And so enjoyed my time thoroughly with the brand, uh, top three brand after Apple and Amazon. So I enjoyed my time and the opportunity. Uh, during that time, friends of mine um, needed help in marketing, which is such a broad term, but they needed help. And they knew I was with Chick-fil-A, but uh, between Jacksonville and Atlanta, it was a 70, 80 hour a week job. And Ended up uh, just starting a little side gig just to help them. They wanted to pay me, so I made it legal, did the whole LLC thing. And next thing you know, um, 
we're rocking and rolling. They're telling their friends and three turned to 15, turned to 40, turned to 70 and the rest is history. So here we are, I left my position with Chick-fil-A and continued to grow. And uh, you know, you only have, you can only do so many things well. And next thing you know, um, we're, uh, we're tripling um, our income uh, just by being able to focus solely on that small, small little uh, LLC that we started while I was with Chick-fil-A. So thankful that our agency now thrives in Jacksonville, Florida and uh, help brands uh, every single day reach the right people. Did you get to eat free at Chick-fil-A? Uh, I did. Uh, loved How it. How hard was that to give up? I mean, it, it was three. I don't care if you're making five times the money. I, I tell you. Um, did you, you ever get sick of it? You stay away from the Chick-fil-A sauce and the sweet tea and you'll be all right. So, the, uh, uh, but that's I, hard. That's hard to do. Chick-fil-A sauce. I can't say no to that. I'll put that on eggs. I mean, any, uh, that's the best stuff ever. I, I admire someone that would walk away from that amount of food. That was, that was, it was tough. Uh, and, and I still don't mind paying for it now. It's that good. So, um, you know, we, we say, we said that, you know, we, we use a lot of what we've learned with the Chick-fil-A brand, like many brands have used, um, and emotional connections, marketing is a huge thing. And that's what we strive to do. If you can make an emotional connection through social media with the right people, um, you got their attention. So did you ever eat, emotional, did you ever eat it on Sunday? Did you ever eat Chick-fil-A on Sunday? Ooh. That I cannot share. Oh, uh, y'all had some y'all had some secret handshake Chick Fil A meals. Uh, <laughs> I know y'all did. I can neither confirm nor deny my uh, consumption uh, of Chick Fil A food on Sundays. Yeah, Chick Fil A has made an emotional and a financial connection with me, mm. um, and it's been a hard one to break. I'm not gonna yep. lie to you. Um, so, I do have a you know this is completely off topic. And uh, Tommy, you talked about Chick Fil A sauce. We have. Uh, my wife and I had a uh, foreign exchange student that lived with us for a little while and I introduced him to Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A sauce. And when we were leaving the Chick-fil-A restaurant, he had, I, I counted 17 Chick-fil-A packets that he had collected because he liked the sauce so good, so much that he wanted to take it home with him. You know, and I told him, I said, you know, the ironic part is his, his American name was Zach. I said, Zach, I said, we can come back and get this whenever you want. You don't have to take it home with you. But he took it home and he put it on everything. And uh, hey, to each his own, right? But anyway, enough of Chick-fil-A because I'm getting hungry. So uh, let's, let's move on. Hey, marketing and advertising. Yeah, you know, um, I'm on the side of where people struggle with this. Um, and, and I'm, unfortunately, I have to admit, I'm a, I'm a millennial. You would think that being a millennial, I would know what I'm doing with social media. I, I don't know what to do with social media. Um, so kind of, you know, let's take our, our first, you know, dive in and, and let's talk about the, from the social media aspect of things, how important is social media to a marketing and, and, and advertising, uh, of, of a school an athletic program, or even an athletic team? Um, what, what, what do you see the most come across your desk when you're dealing with things like this from a, from a marketing standpoint? Yeah, great question, and and I'll tell you, um, social media uh, is one of many avenues in marketing. Marketing is a very broad term. Um, I feel that uh, social media is gives a business, a brand, a school, an athletic program uh, the biggest connection with with storytelling. And there's a lot of books, a lot of articles you can read on score, storytelling. Uh, storytelling uh, is something that it's not new. 
Um, it's, uh, it's something that's been around for a very long, long time. Uh, we just now have a platform to do so. And every, everyone uh, wants to feel connected, right? Nobody wants to feel left out. No one wants to, you know, get three months later and go, well, how, why didn't I hear about that? And so um, the, some new generations call it FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, that's a very much a real thing I've seen uh, just over the past few years. And so how are you telling the story of your brand? Um, you know, how are you making sure that people, whether they are already connected or they're potentially going to be connected with your brand, um, how, how are you helping them uh, know exactly what's going on? And so, um, you know, for the longest time it was paper advertising, then email came around and email campaigns and now social media, you have a way of tapping into people um, on their free time. You know, the average person's gonna spend, uh, you know, 15 to 25 hours, if not more, um, a week just on social media. Um, and so if you can catch them on their off times, um, you know, or, or not, not only in the busy times um, when, when they just expect to be reached out, reached out to, but if you can connect with them um, when it's easiest for them, uh, that's, that's a huge thing that social media has done, especially in the advertising realm, uh, which was unveiled about 10 years ago and Facebook led the way with Facebook advertising. So. Now, when you say advertising, that's, you know, every time I scroll through, I always see, you know, quote unquote, sponsored posts. Would that be a company or, or someone advertising in using their money on that platform? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And so you have Facebook, you have Instagram, who Facebook owns Instagram as of about five and a half years ago. You have Twitter, um, you know, YouTube runs ads, which is through Google. Um, you have many different platforms. Um, the platforms that I believe truly have figured out the algorithm and have pioneered the advertising uh, through the digital side of things is Facebook, Instagram, and Google. Um, I've never seen a good return on Twitter. Uh, they're getting there. I've never seen a good return on TikTok ads. They're getting there uh, if they're still legal in the United States by the end of the year. I will say that the biggest thing um, that it comes down to is who you're talking to and what kind of content you have. You know, we say the right people plus the right content equals emotional connection, right? Like we talked about earlier. And so if you have good content, but terrible targeting, you're not going to make an emotional connection. If you have great targeting, but terrible content, the other way around, it's not happening. Um, that's the secret sauce. If anybody's wanting to jot down notes right now is the secret, right people, right content equals emotional connection. If you can do those things well and be consistent, consistency is king. Um, you can do really well, not just organically, but also when you put money towards something on any of those platforms. So when you say Twitter, I mean, I'm not a millennial. I don't, what am I, Gen Y, whatever I am? <laughs> so there's a lot of old guys. Yeah. This. But why is Twitter behind Facebook? I mean, no high school kid even knows what Facebook is. They know what Instagram is. But, I mean, so why, is, why are they ahead of sure. Twitter? What's the uh, yeah. reason behind that, I guess? Sure, yeah. I mean, you just look at the content posted on Twitter. Um, it's a very simple platform. Um, Facebook is, is very complex. Even Instagram has become more complex than the last, um, you know, year and a half, two years with Instagram TV and, and stories that started on, on Instagram. Uh, Twitter can be a very, um, can be kind of stale to, to the go, go, go mentality. And then you mentioned uh, something very important early on in 2019, and then they studied it most of 2019. A lot of studies happened. Uh, the mass exodus of, of uh, young people, I guess you'd say, people under the age of 30, 
um, that were very involved in Instagram and spent majority of their social media time on Instagram doing an exodus from Instagram and not totally abandoning Instagram, but going back to Facebook where, where, and then you saw the opposite. You saw the over 30 leaving Facebook for a majority of their time and going to Instagram. Uh, you got grandma Gam Gams that wants to go see the grandbabies, but the only way she's going to see it if she go, is if she goes on Instagram and follows her daughter's page um, and then vice versa. So um, I think really you look at those studies and, and Facebook has done it as well to see kind of who's coming and who's going. Um, and they saw a mass exodus over the last two, three years as Instagram became um, a very prominent platform because Facebook purchased them. Uh, you imagine a company like Facebook buying something like Instagram. I mean, it's only, they touch it and it turns to gold. Um, and so people started really diving into, you know, both sides going from Instagram to Facebook and Facebook to Instagram on both sides of the age, age categories. I hope we really uh, talk about this emotional connection piece. That's mm. something I'd love to learn more about as we go mm. through this conversation today, Zach, because as you know, I like to hijack things about halfway through our podcast <laughs> and just, hey, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Tom, I'm Tommy's good at hijacking and chasing rabbits. I am. It's but this emotional uh, connection. I mean that that's huge. I'd love to hear more about that from our expert. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, now, Alex, that kind of takes me to, you know, here in my notes, I had you know social media, and then we're talking about the platforms. You talked about Instagram, you talked about Facebook, and you talked about Twitter. Now I know from experience, I have all three of those. Um. I don't know what to do on all three of them, but I have them. Okay. And I'll go through a period of time where I'll spend like two months and I'll be like, you know, and from, from a coaching standpoint, Tommy can really uh, agree with this. I think you'll agree with it from a coaching standpoint, Twitter's huge in the coaching world, the recruiting world, the athletic world, Twitter is still very much a big deal. So I'll go, you know, for two months, I'm like, all right, I, I need to get on Twitter and I need to check out with other people. I need to connect and you do this. And then I, and two months in, I'm like, this is crazy. I, I spent so much time on here. So anyway, so all that I say, and you've somewhat answered that maybe vaguely, what platform really is the best for either a school in general, an athletic department or something like that, that you've seen in, in years past of doing this and, and of connecting with schools and, and running uh, programs and, and, and different platforms for schools and athletic departments? Sure. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been out to a lunch meeting or out with maybe some friends and I hear a uh, ESPN alert on their phone or a Twitter, you know, sound come across their phone. And one of those two, and, and, and I've picked up over the years that, that in the area of sports, Twitter, I mean, I, I think it's Adam Schefter. Is that his name with ESPN? You know, um, you hear everything from him first. It feels like you don't hear it from any news outlet. You don't even hear it from ESPN. Sometime it comes out on Twitter first that Adam Schefter, you know, is, bringing us, you know, per so-and-so, um, it's happening. And so um, I would definitely agree. Um, when you say, hey, what are the main platforms? This is what I say. Some people try to go out there and they try to be on every platform. Um, I say just pick three, the power of three. Um, if you can talk in threes, if you can choose three platforms and just do them well. Um, and, and here's a big thing too, as, as much as we're talking about social media, um, social media is very powerful, but at the end of the day, don't let that be your dead end. And this kind of, I think, transfers over to maybe another point we could probably want to hit is the website side of things. Mm -hmm. um, the Facebook, Instagram, Google, Twitter, Battle, all, all the social media, that's great. But at the end of the day, especially if you're spending money, your social media should not be the dead end for your customer or for your, um, 
for your audience. I mean, don't, they're only going to, they're going to, they're only going to learn so much on your social media. They're going to learn way more about you on your website than they ever will on three or five seconds of seeing and engaging with your social media posts. And then most, most times, you know, they get distracted. They continue scrolling. They see an ad, they click on it somewhere else. You know, they get a phone call, the baby cries, whatever it is. Um, they, they, they forget. And so any moments that you can take to get them off of social media and onto a website that's clear and that allows them to take that next step with you, whether it's reading a story, reading an article, a press release, if it's a college, um, no matter what it is, taking that next step, if it's a parent, you know, your athletic director and you want to get your, we got to sign up for fall ball, let's go. Well, you know, are you just going to let them sit on social media? Let's give them the tools and actions to learn more about that. And so I know I've kind of switched over to the website side, but at the same time, um, that call to action is huge on social media, no matter what platform you're on, uh, to get them off the social media and taking action, whether you're at a collegiate um, or you're at a high school level, uh, whatever it is, um, that, that call to action is huge, 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 huge. Are websites becoming obsolete? I mean, are apps on phones more, I mean, is that where athletic directors should go these days and coaches should go, is to get an app on a phone that has all the information a website does? easier to get yeah apps are apps are good um apps are uh, you're talking to a guy that like me that loves apps (laughs) um i love apps um some people don't have enough space on their phone to hold all the apps that they want Uh, i'm surprised that's not me yet maybe that's why i get a new phone every year i don't know just because i need more space but uh, i feel like i need a hard drive connected to my phone um just to be able to have as many apps as i want but i'll tell you this um, you know, you look at a lot of different brands. Um, you, we can take the sports world, uh, if you would. Um, Nike, TaylorMade, a lot of these brands um, that have come out with apps um, for for their raving fans to dive in and learn more about them. Um, you even look at some restaurants. You know, Chick Fil A. Since we were on that topic a little earlier, uh, and I had a really good view of how they rolled out the app from the beginning. Um, you know, a lot of incentives go into apps. Sometimes you look at Subway over the last two or three months, you know, they, they brought back the $5 foot long, but guess what? You got to download the app. And so um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of baits involved now to getting apps, 20% off your next order from Nike. If you download the app, um, free shipping uh, when you download the app. And so you look at a lot of those things that they've rolled out and they're, they're really incentivizing um, the app. And so that kind of tells me that they're having an issue with people just naturally downloading the app like they would naturally five or seven years ago. And so now I, I would not think that websites um, are going away. Um, I, I think the, the fading thing might, might be email. Email will always be around. Um, but if you look at a lot of when you check out, if you were to check out in the Nike store right now, more than likely, they're not going to send a receipt to your email anymore. They'll send it to your phone. Yeah, I mean, that's, I actually just kind of purged apps on my phone the other day. And, you know, I had restaurants, restaurant apps that mm-hmm. I downloaded that I can literally tell you, like, I've only been to maybe a couple times. It's because they were doing a promotion on their apps. So, I mean, I definitely see what you're saying there. Um, and what I get out of that is you're saying that all of your social media platforms, whichever one you choose to use, should all direct people to your website um, and, and basically beef up your your website to get your goal accomplished and to have people uh, check everything out and pay attention there. Um, now, what if your website sucks though? That's the issue you're saying. Right. Yeah. 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 Is that, is that what it comes down to is if, if your website's not as good and you know, I mean, so, so maybe that, maybe that takes us into our next thing. Like 
You go to the average high school athletic website, and they've got a 2014 roster on there, and you know a picture from. Absolutely. Thankfully, a lot, a lot of brands, and especially you can think schools or colleges, and I've I've actually seen it. I'm currently working with uh, three different, four different schools right now uh, on enrollment, and. Um, and in different areas as well, um, just attracting the eye to their brand. And I'll tell you this, um, you know, some of their website, you know, and then there's some, some schools, I, I'll tell you this, some schools I look at that I'm not working with, and I'm, and I'm, I'm glad they're not doing any advertising for their school or brand because their website is, it's, it's crazy. I mean, they don't, it's, they, I don't know, they don't inspect what they expect. That's what I would say. Um, they're not inspecting the things that they just expect to take care of themselves. No, it takes it takes work to do it. Um, you know, you have, you have a cleaning company for your campus. Well, shoot, why don't you have a website cleaning company that makes sure these things are taken care of. But unfortunately, um, some people have to learn the hard way. They have to hit, they have to hit an enrollment, you know, low, or they have to hit certain things to start asking those questions. They don't ask them when they're going up the mountain. You learn a lot about your brand. Um, you know, you enjoy the mountaintops of the brand, but you learn a lot about your brand, your athletic association, whatever it is in the valleys. You learn a lot about who you are and what you're doing wrong. And sometimes it takes a lot of those valleys to make those mountains happen. So absolutely. Now, I, I think that helps kind of gateway into our next, you know, my next question for you would be, and, and I know, I know what your answer is going to be, um, but costs, what, what, do, what do costs look like? I mean, you're talking, you know, some schools have a tight budget. Some schools have, you know, uh, um, a very limited access when it comes down to money um, that's given to marketing and advertising. And then even even lower now, look, that's the school side of thing. Let's jump down again, athletic department. You know, some athletic departments work based off of, hey, what we bring in is what goes out has to come in. So if they don't, you know, if they spend $3,000 in marketing and advertising and things like that, and they've got to be able to recoup that somewhere. So cost efficient, you, you've got schools, you know, we've talked about, you know, Tommy school is, is much larger than my school here in North Carolina. You know, um, what, what do schools look at for costs? You know, what, what is it? Is there cost efficient programs? Is there, you know, or is it all pretty much just right across the board, you know, be the same price? Sure. Yeah, you'll see a lot of, um, and, and we, we, we have a, a lot of conversations, a lot of different people and organizations and small and large businesses, brands, whatever you want to call it. And um, you'd be surprised the staff they have um, that doesn't know too much about the field. And, um, and again, people don't know what they don't know. So you can't hold them accountable for things that they don't know yet. Um, however, um, there's tools out there that will teach them how to do it. You can take classes. Shoot, we do classes um, for people that, that have people on their staff that need help, uh, that need to know how to manage a social media platform. Um, again, a lot of the processes that we have and that a lot of brands do have and marketing companies, I should say, that do, that do have that is, you know, it takes time and talent to do these things. If a person doesn't have time or talent to do it, it's a wasted effort. Um, whether they're in a marketing side or it's an athletic director like yourself that's having to do it kind of on their own on the fly, you know, snap a picture here after the volleyball win and post it over here. And, oh, my gosh, the soccer team just won tonight, too. But I'm not there. Hey, will you text me a picture of the guy's soccer team after they won? state tonight like i mean at the end of the day you don't have the time or talent to do it all the way on your own and so fill in the blank for for any um any school or brand but i would say that um you know you're gonna have two types of things um you have one side of the spectrum where they say you know hey we're a marketing company that you know 
we're going to charge you a hundred bucks a month. We'll take care of everything. My answer to that is you pay for what you get. You get the other side. Well, they get you into a contract for seven, 10, 12 months. I've seen a 24 month contract where you spend six or $8,000 and they take 50%. Um, you know, so when it comes down to it, um, you know, where's the value happen? And so at the end of the day, um, you either have someone in house or you need to get it out of house, but you need someone um, to obviously handle it in an ethical way. Uh, that's going to, you know, we say to be unclear is to be unkind. And so that's a huge thing for us is that we're going to be super clear about what we're good at for a brand and what things we need, what things we don't need, uh, what support we need and what support we do. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we have to be clear with everyone we work with that, you know, hey, listen, we're here to help and to grow. Uh, there might be an initial investment, um, but we say crockpot approach. We don't say microwave approach. Crockpot, over time, we're just going to grow this thing. Just like mama, when she put a pot roast in as a kid, man, the thing was great 12 hours later. You know, uh, it wasn't instant. And so what does it look like to have a consistent and concise and clear message on social media and your website and other outlets every single month? Next thing you know, you're a year into it. You look back, you're like, wow, you know, I think that's pretty good, you know, not, and it's not just measured by followers. It's measured by, you know, check your profit and loss statements. You know, let's see how, how well the brand and the business is doing, the business side of things. Um, but we got to be clear or else we're unkind with people. Um, and that's, that's what we're here to do every single month. So, Alex, one of the issues I'm sure many athletic directors, as I have incurred, is so every team wants their own social media mm page every you know every team so one a keeping all those brands together and similar and then you get the football coach who who tweets out or puts something on social media every 45 seconds and then you get the volleyball coach these are hypothetical by the way sure. then you get the volleyball coach who tweets out once every six or seven years and the volleyball parents are upset why well, don't I get the same coverage then so th that's issue an issue athletic directors have is mm -hmm. because we can't tweet everything for every coach or whatever post it on instagram yeah now also with that too comes the we have a couple coaches who tweet all the time who post all the time yet they're not always grammatically correct in their posts mm -hmm. there may be a typo here or there zach i mean come on how horrible is that then you've got the high school principal and now all these people upset that we're sending out material that, that spells something wrong or is grammatical or is, or, you know, so those are issues that we as athletic directors deal with. Any advice on that? Sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's always tough to, to narrow down who's putting what out and what kind of content is approved or not. I've seen, I've seen a few different things with just with the schools uh, and the leagues that we've worked with. Um, two things, you know, they either have a social media captain, you know, social media uh, head, someone that's taking point on it. Um, maybe this is a, maybe this is someone within a college, you know, um, that has social media that, you know, hey, listen, you know, th th this is someone that pays attention to close detail. Um, maybe not even a student athlete, maybe just someone that's involved in the athletic program. Maybe you bring someone on within your, your, your communications or your marketing side of things. Maybe you create a, um, you know, a position or you create um, a, t a time that they can come in for a, for a semester and do it. Um, if that's the college side of things, maybe in high school, you have someone that maybe follows the athletics. Maybe it's, 
maybe it's a, 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 a student's or an athlete's parent, um, you know, that, that just loves the team, uh, loves the school as a part of the athletic program. So those are your guys. Those are the people that you want uh, that are heavily, uh, they have, they're passionate about it, or you can create multiple admins. Now that's where you sometimes run into those issues of people that, you know, that too many hands, or too many people have too many keys to the building kind of mentality. Um, is that you have, you know, you have seven admins and they're all posting all the time of different things. That can be a scary thing. Um, you know, sometimes some platforms will allow you to one person to review everything that comes through before it's published. Um, but really find, finding that person, um, you know, that, that can really kind of take point on that um, and kind of be the main. And we have enough technology these days to where seven different coaches can all be in one message. If it's an email thread or a text thread and come together and be able to shoot all their information directly there. Maybe it's an internship for a student. I don't know. Um, create a position for someone that's able to come in and take point on these things. Say, hey, here's our login for Facebook, Instagram, Google, whatever it is, um, Twitter, and have at it. But you're the main point, And I'm going to get you in contact with all the coaches and they know who their person is to update schedules, scores, uh, stats, anything that you need um, on that website. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, you answered it with like, there's no easy solution to it, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, Tommy, when, when I came to I, news, go ahead. No, I, I, I'd stop. I would, I would uh -oh. wait for you. Oh, <laughs> when, when I came to news, um, I encountered that. I encountered a Twitter and an Instagram for varsity boys soccer. Yeah. Then I encountered a volleyball. I encountered a cheerleading. I encountered basketball. I'm like, wow, now I have to try and track down all of these former coaches or current coaches and, and, and track down all these passwords and usernames and everything like that. So I said, you know what we're going to do? Don't care if we ever have a chance to delete it. If I can't delete it, it's, I can't do anything about it. But what we're going to operate out of is we're going to operate off of one Facebook page one Instagram page and one Twitter account and everything we do from whether it's, you know, little K five graduation to whether it's the state championship for, for boys soccer, it's all on one account. And, you know, it, it just, it got to be way too much. I, and it's it just, it, it wasn't, then you had the soccer team, you know, soccer teams are, are different. They wanted their, you know, their soccer crest with a different logo than our school logo. And I'm like, well, that makes no sense because our logo our branding package, if you will, is our traditional logo. Why would we create a different logo and all this other stuff? So we changed that. And, um, you know, kind of after, after our one heartbeat break here right now, we're going to get into talking about logo and rebranding. Uh, but again, for me and my program, we wiped out every other account except for one of each. And it's the main account that the administrator and head of school has access to our, uh, you know, whatever the other, the next person that controls it has access to it. I've got access to it that we can promote anything that we need to school wide, whether it's athletics, whether it's, you know, fundraising or simple announcements and things like that. That's what we did. So what so. I've done is I have washed my hands of social media and say people, cause people get upset. And so yeah. I, like, I don't have anything to do with it. I don't have anything. To, I think that that would be great advice for an athletic director. The problem is it hurts the brand overall. Correct. This is what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Right. If I could wipe my hands of it, I absolutely would. However, I can't. So I have to. And so when I get those complaints, such as, you know, you heard me talk about it in a couple of episodes before, you know, I had a parent complain that I didn't promote their child in, in the athletic realm the way that they felt that, that he should have been represented. Sorry, man. You know, uh, there's a lot going on. But anyway, 
it's a perfect break. Let's okay. hear from One Heartbeat. All right, One Heartbeat. I, I have touched on this a little bit, but I want to delve into it just real quick. One Heartbeat, Warrior Culture Clinics, virtual or in-person, one of the things we talk about is a warrior never complains. The opposite of complaining is figuring it out. I was a small college basketball coach most of my career. I got the opportunity to work at Illinois as an assistant women's coach. All kinds of people within the athletic department would complain about Ohio State having this, Michigan having that. Well, you know what? We were eating at Ruth Chris type restaurants, flying on charter planes. Why were we complaining? Figuring it out is the opposite of complaining. As Lou Holtz says, what are you complaining about? 80% of the people don't care, and 20% are glad you got the problems. And so I think we need to keep that in mind. Don't complain. Warriors do not complain. Email me, be the thumb. Twitter is be the thumb. Check out my beautiful branding, Alex, and we'll get some information out to you, and we'll get you a virtual clinic going. There it is, oneheartbeat.org. Back to you, Zach. Boom. Love those little plugs for uh, One Heartbeat. Now, Alex, I want to talk about, you know, wrapping things up real quick and, and kind of heading in that direction. How important is, and I guess this is probably broad to say, such a, such, it covers such a, a wide thing here. How important is a logo? Obviously, I feel like yeah. that's a stupid question, but how yeah. important is a logo? And also, let me, let me, let me kind of close off the question. How important is the logo? And then when is a good time or how often should something be quote unquote rebranded or kind of remastered or done? Sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, logos are, are special. Um, you know, I, 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 with a lot of, um, conversations I've had with a lot of business owners, um, and brand, you know, not just business owners, but people that work within brands and even marketing people within brands, um, they get a really, since we're talking about emotional connections marketing, they get really emotional uh, about that logo. Um, and it's personal. Um, there, maybe there's some things inside a logo that um, really just, you know, that really just get them really passionate about their brand. Um, one thing that I think about, if you look at the Chick-fil-A logo, since we're still on kind of Chick-fil-A kick here, about, you know, seven, 10 years ago, you go back and look at the logo, they had a big open beak on that chicken. Okay. So they had a big open beak and it almost looked kind of ferocious. It looked at me. I mean, I've never been scared of a chicken until I went back and looked at it. You go back and look at it. And I'm telling you right now, it'll, it'll, it'll make you back into a corner kind of quick. So I'll tell you this right now, you know, you look at a lot of brands, a lot, of course, you know, maybe, maybe there's a lot of schools that could probably be the chickens and take that old Chick-fil-A logo and uh, probably, you know, get some fear into their competition. But I'll say this, um, you know, that logo means a lot to a lot of people. And, and there's a study that, that happened uh, recently in early 2020, I believe it was late 2019, that talked about logos and, and how often someone has to see your brand through a logo. They have to see you five to seven times before they actually invest in you. And then that's not just financially, that's, that's emotionally, that's, that's physically maybe going to your, to your location or physically going to a website and maybe even financially. Um, and so that study tells a lot about you know, a logo and how often you're getting it out there, whether it's a website, where you're, whether you're running an ad via paper or you're running an ad via social media, um, that logo can on your shirt, you know, um, you know, a lot of people wear a lot of different logos on our shirts. Um, and so sometimes they see that multiple times then they start asking questions about number four, number five, sixth time they see it. 
Um, it really plays a big role in how much they maybe trust a brand. You know, getting that fear of missing out. You know, someone starts wearing a logo and they're like, oh, wait, what's that? Oh, I've seen that over here. Oh, well, next thing you know, they're like, well, where's my logo on my shirt? I like that logo. Let's take it, you know. At some point when, when Nike first came out, somebody just thought someone accidentally had a marker on their shirt, you know. And then someone saw it and like, oh, hold on a second. Well, now you look at almost any athletic program with any athlete, someone's wearing it, if not multiple people or sometimes entire teams. And so that, that logo means a lot to the person that created it. Um, and someone, sometimes, you know, simplicity can, can be the best winner in that case. Hmm. Simple, but cool. That's what I got out of that. Yes. Yes. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, kids, you know, we're at the college realm, you know, you're marketing after kids, you want recruits and things like that. You know, Tommy, you can, you know, attest to this. It's, you know, sometimes simple is good. Um, you know, then you get a logo that's got, you know, multiple colors underneath it and things like that. And so here at News, we just kind of rebranded, if you will. Now our logo is the exact same. We still have the the N for noose and we've got a lion kind of going through that in it's it's basically the the Detroit Lions lion uh with an N kind of offsetting and in, in the background a bit um but we added you know an athletic font to all of our our logos now we've added some different designs and things like that and and uh got a lot of good feedback from it but in that definition of you know rebranding we didn't really rebrand our logo we just added a few things to it and just the simple adjusting and changing it does a lot for your, your logo from what I've experienced over uh, the past couple of years of, of kind of being in this realm and, and changing up, being a part of, 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 of creating a logo and then rebranding a logo. Alex, how much should we, should a school pay for something like that? Rebrand logos. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, where I used to work at the university, they paid 10 grand for just re rebranding the LEE and they kind of, like I could have done that for 25 cents. But anyway, uh, <laughs> how much should we be paying for that? What, what's a good yeah. price, bad price? And, and, and we're not talking Michigan here or Ohio State. or yeah. Oh, I mean, sure. First of all, Florida's logo sucks. That, that thing's terrible. You okay. need to get a hold of that. But anyway, how much should a small, a small budget place like all high schools are just about? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, first I'll say this, the Gator logo is timeless, just for the record. Uh, the Gator <laughs> logo will stand forever. Um, you think, I think that orange tee stands out better, you know, isn't it better? Oh, oh the orange tee, the Tennessee, yeah, well, you know, they, you know, uh, never mind, I won't make any Tennessee jokes on here. Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, that, the, well, I don't, no, no jokes on Tennessee. Um, I'll tell you this after the podcast. Um, I will say this, you know, a lot of companies are glad to take your money, especially at a collegiate level. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, some people charge 50 bucks, some people charge you 250, some people charge you, you know, 13,550. Um, so I'll tell you this, um, you know, if you're looking for logo design, um, you know, you need to, if you're at a high school, you know, you know, at level, I would say, you, I mean, you don't need to be putting more than, $300 into a logo design, um, you know, $500 max if you're college level. Um, and again, maybe you want some different logos. I'll tell you this, you look at like, you know, Apple and Apple, you know, back in 1976, I mean, you got a, you got a guy sitting under an Apple tree and you got some Helvetica font happening. It's like a, looks like a crest around someone's necklace. That was 1976. 
And then the next year they said, this, that's crazy. They took that apple off that tree and it's been the same apple logo, maybe a few different color scheme changes since 1977. Now it's just a, a gray logo. And you know what, over the years they stayed consistent. You go look at the Nike logo and when they first came out and you got 1971 when that logo, about the 1970s when that first logo came out, they kept their name on that, on that swoosh. You had Nike written out and then you had you know, which is after that Greek goddess name for victory. And then you have the Nike swoosh that's about, looks like a swing. And so 1971 went to 1978, went to 1985. Now you don't see, you don't typically see, unless it's throwback Nike, you don't see the word Nike on Tiger Woods anywhere. You just see the swoosh. And so they're so recognized worldwide at this point, they don't need their name. And so, you know, maybe Zach, you know, maybe, maybe you look at a, at a high school level and hey, check it out. Like, you know, you have to put noose there. Maybe sometimes put noose Christian because if you just put the N, they wouldn't know what that is. Maybe they're like, hey, it's Nebraska. No, it's noose. I mean, you know, the, the Illini, you know, okay, well, the capital I means a lot, you know, uh, in that state and around the country. Um, you know, so again, you know, Florida Gators, you know, Tennessee, um, Tennessee has that very classic, you know, logo of the T or the checkerboard, you know, all those things that play. So sometimes it's just not just one thing. Maybe it's, maybe for News Christian Academy, it's not just the lion, you know, it's the N, you know, maybe it's, you know, a different type of font. So, you know, many, many things play into a whole branding doesn't just have to be one logo. Maybe it's, you know, two or three that tie in all together with the same color, the same font, uh, and the same story. So um, you kind of look at all those different from Nike and Apple. Those are two just very easy ones right off the top, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think a logo, I mean, it tells a story for sure. But that paying, paying, you know, a lot for a design like that, it just, it really depends on who you're talking to. But at the high school level, don't spend any more than three or 500 bucks on something like that. Um, you, know, you got, you got better things that three or $500 a month could be you know, someone you could be paying part, super part-time to take care of your social media. Um, so just think about that. Good stuff. Good stuff. I can't tell you how many times I've worn a, a I've got a noose uh, shirt that has just the N on it. And people say, oh, Nebraska. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, not Nebraska. But yeah, I mean, you're yeah. right. It's, it's, you know, Nebraska is known for that red and white N. Um, and so, you know, often you know, our colors are red, white, and black as well. And so we get confused often with that. Um, so marketing and advertising, I think my biggest piece of advice for athletic directors or young coaches who are trying to figure it out, maybe, maybe they should be giving us the advice, Tommy, they are younger than us. They probably know more about these yeah. things than we do. Uh, but at the same time, um, what, what my advice to them would be simple is the easiest. Again, going back to our, all of our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook accounts, consolidate it down to one control not necessarily control it but but have your input in there um and you're not going to please everybody so if little you know when, when i first started here we would post every score to every game and we would post the biggest uh which the, you know this is a, a lesson learned we would post the biggest uh stat producing players and their stats the two games in i had a mom come to me and said hey little johnny had five soccer goals not four and he had seven assists not you know six that point in time the second time she came to me was the last time we did that <laughs> you know and it's just like I, we just don't have time for it so another piece of advice for coaches and athletic directors don't freak out when a parent complains about social media they are going to complain about it we've just did, done two episodes on dealing with difficult parents and, and if we learned anything out of that they complain and they complain over the stupidest and smallest stuff 
don't get upset when a parent complains about Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Because at the end of the day, when do I do all that stuff? When I'm at home with my family is when I find the time I'm sitting in the recliner, I'm gonna pull out my phone, I'm gonna scroll through, hey, I need to post something. So don't take your family time to operate and run the Twitter and, and all that other stuff. That, that is my advice that I've learned over the you know, seven years of being in this is don't, if you're gonna do something for work, do it during work hours. That's my thing. Even if it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, don't do it during your family time because then you end up being on, on your phone, on social media, all that other stuff and, and whatnot. So yeah. separate it and separate the accounts. And I don't log into intern, it unless I have to. Alex says. Yeah, get that intern to do it. Yeah, that social media captain. I like that term. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And they, they don't have they don't have to be on the team. They just, maybe it's a maybe it's a manager. Maybe it's someone that does your books. Maybe it's someone that um, you know whatever it is. Again, you could it could even be a parent for that for that sake. You know, let someone. You don't have to be the bad guy as the athletic director. You know, putting out all the posts or even anything within the athletics. You know, make someone else the bad guy. I know that sounds bad, but good night. I mean, sometimes you got enough on your plate. You know, let's go ahead and make sure that we're um, not sitting here. You know, making things more complicated for you. So it's. Here's the thing. You don't have to, it's not overcomplicated. Some people make it super overcomplicated. And, and I think you're right, Zach, about not complicating your social life uh, yeah. with everything as well. I think we forget, um, you know, how much a good face-to-face -face conversation or even over the phone conversation is, you know, we could go a whole month during quarantine during coronavirus and just sit back and think we know someone um, just by seeing all of their, their content, you know, on social media, which at the end of the day, we know very little about what's going on in their life. So you know, Absolutely. That's, that's what I would say. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Alex, to talk with us and, and shed some light on marketing and advertising. You know, it, cause at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those things that people say, oh, marketing and advertising, that's social media and websites. Well, I don't know anything about any of those. And so, you know, very surface. And so I know after talking with you before and seeing your passion about it and different things like that, I know that you know, you are on the right track. And uh, I know that AD marketing is, uh, has been very successful um, due to your work ethic and your drive and your passion for what you do. If you will tell our listeners how to get a hold of you, obviously we've got your, your ad that we'll be playing as well. Uh, but tell them how to get a hold of you. And uh, if they're interested in anything, let them know. And uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're located in Jacksonville, Florida, but we have clients everywhere. And that's the beauty of kind of what we do. Uh, we've always just been known for, and I think this is a lot of our success uh, has been attributed to our processes. And so uh, thankfully we haven't had to hire reps that go door to door or start bidding on tons of different jobs to try to get them. Um, our, our processes have spoken for themselves. And so from the beginning um, people have, uh, been raving fans of us um, and so then therefore they tell their friends and others about what we do for them and the success that they've seen so um, we're willing to answer the phone at any time you can reach our agency at uh, area code 904-718-4439 um, our website is a great way to kind of get introduced to the AD marketing brand see who we've worked with who we're currently working with uh, and, and just kind of who we are um, that's uh, admarkjax.com, A-D-M-A-R-K-J-A-X.com. And either of those two ways are, are great ways to get in touch, ask questions. Um, you know, I just talked with a few business owners today and a few yesterday. Um, people are really seeing the need uh, to take their brand digital um, and even more than they ever have. And so uh, in this day and age, um, you know, you can just, just review your day at the end of the day and count how many times 
you went to your phone for news, uh, just to kick back on your phone for a few minutes on social media, uh, you'll be amazed if it's looking up scores of your favorite team, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times if you have an iPhone, um, it'll tell you for you how long you've been on your phone and it can be kind of overwhelming and you kind of think, wow, I didn't realize I was on my phone that much. So um, we're here to reach the right people the right way for clients. And, and again, a lot of people waste money on what we do. Um, but uh, once they hop on with us, um, that will be no longer. So but thank you so much for the opportunity to share uh, about AD marketing and what it means not only to my family and, and, uh, and our team here, but um, what, what it means to, to clients we work with actually worldwide. So we're, we're thankful for the opportunity. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. Again, this is the Winning Way podcast. Hey, Tommy, we, yeah, got, a second, we, we got a second email from a listener. Oh, wow. We're going to get to that next week. Cannot, well, I'm, I'm going to quickly, I'm going to quickly touch on it right now because I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to put us against each other. And, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Oh, is it the same they, guy that emailed us or a different guy? It, it's, it's the same guy, same guy. Okay. So Tyler, if you're listening, I, I, we're, we're talking about it. Your episode's still coming. His first email, great topic. We're going to create an episode about that. That's in the, in the works, but his second email, Tommy says that, we agree too much. Oh. Mm. oh. Which may, maybe that's what makes us, you know, I guess good partners and good friends is, is that, you know, we're, we're kind of the same. Well, I don't know. Him, tell him I will start playing devil's advocate more. And we'll I make that's, uh, yeah. Stephen A. Smith like. If he yeah. Wants so, to again, hey, Tyler, if you're listening, yeah. we're going to uh, kind of begin to uh, – disagree maybe on a few things here and there and play a little devil's advocate even even if inside we do agree or whatever but we'll give the listeners remember they're hey they're the people we'll give them what they want but this is content the winning way podcast and entertainment content and entertainment I, I like the direction you're headed tommy i like that direction <laughs> hey this is the winning way podcast alex do ad marketing thank you for joining us today uh you can follow us on twitter at the winning way you can now follow us on Instagram, Tommy, at the Winning Way Podcast, uh, where we'll be posting some different content based off of our different episodes. But Twitter, at the Winning Way, Instagram, at the Winning Way Podcast, and email us, like Tyler has emailed us several times now, at the Winning Way Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. Find us on Apple Podcast, Anchor, and Spotify. Hope you guys have a great day. Today's episode is brought to you by One Heartbeat Athletics. If you're looking on how to build a warrior culture in your athletic department, then look no further. One Heartbeat Athletics is guaranteed to enhance your team's toughness and change the lives of your athletes. If you're interested in setting up a free 15-minute preview, please email Tommy Brown at bethethumb at yahoo.com. That is bethethumb at yahoo.com.